Well, how many of you are really glad that we serve a supernatural God? <clears throat> Works beyond the realms of our natural thinking, of our thought processes, of our ways of doing things. He's a supernatural God. We've just been singing a song there and some of the lines. The atmosphere is changing now. The spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. Um, wow. And sometimes I don't think we appreciate what we have the opportunity of. When we come together, we worship together, we come to this place, we come in his name. We come to a building that for over 60 years people have worshipped the Lord in. Now they may have done it in a slightly different way to us, a different style. They may have emphasized some things that we probably wouldn't, but ultimately they were worshipping the Lord in this place. We have this incredible opportunity when we come together and we gather. Something I think has been deposited in this place, we're the beneficiaries of as a church right now. And uh, this is a good place to be. It's a good place to be. And this was brought home to me last week. Last week we had a couple of visitors in um, who were over from Germany. And uh, at the end of the service, uh, one, of our, one or two of our folk knew them historically uh, from the Immingham area. And uh, Tony brought the guy over. The guy's name was Stephen. And he said, Stephen, he's just got something. Is it okay if he just shares it with you? This was at the end of the service uh, last Sunday morning. So I said, yeah, sure. So um, he starts to talk. And he said, well, he said, in the middle of the service, we were praying for people. And we had uh, the prayer team was over here. And he said people were being prayed, and as Pete mentioned earlier, you know, uh, eczema was one thing that was being prayed for. And he said, as that prayer team were praying, he said, I actually saw angels over the prayer team. And I went, okay. He said, oh, it didn't stop there. He said, um, as they were praying, there was angels over the top of the prayer team. He said, right in the far corner, that corner over there, there was a huge angel, a huge angel in this building. And I went, oh. And he said, um, he said, I just believe it's denoting that the Lord is here and the Lord is pleased that he's welcome here. And I said to the guy, because I, I, I'd seen him, he'd been in a week or two before, and I, I said, you know, what's your story? Why are you here? And he said, well... Uh, he said, we're back in the UK from Germany because um, my father's passed away. In fact, his funeral was Monday of last week. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. He said, um, he said yeah, we've been in Germany over 20 years and got some good friends here. Um, he said, we went over there and uh, he said, we went as missionaries and took on, uh, took on the leadership of a church over there. He said, uh, church had about 40 members when we went. It went down to 20. He said, then it went up to 3,000. Well, that got my attention, as well as the angels. Uh, you just don't know who sat in this place. And he won Sunday. We have all sorts of guests. But as he was telling me about the angels, it took me back a few months when we had another guest in, a lady from Scotland called Libby, friend of Alex and Ty Curran. And uh, again, it was a Sunday morning, and at the end of the service, Alex came to me and said, my friend's just shared some stuff with me. I think you need to hear what she's been sensing. And uh, 
So I said, yeah, sure, bring her over. So she came over and she said, as we were worshipping this morning, and you, you remember if you've been around a while that we had the big leak, didn't we? And part of the ceiling was down and that whole area was cordoned off. and It was in that sort of time frame. And she said, uh, as that damaged ceiling there has exposed some things that you wouldn't normally see, it's a reflection of what is happening in the heavenlies over this church. There's an open heaven. And she said, I, ju- I saw, just like Jacob's ladder, angels ascending and descending on this ladder in this place. As they were descending, they were bringing the blessing of God among this congregation and this church. She said, and the miraculous will be evident. What have we just been singing? The atmosphere is changing. The evidence is all around. But she said, not only were they coming down, bringing God's blessing, they were also going up, taking the requests of the church, the prayers of the church. She said, I just believe God would say to you, what do you want? What do you want? You can have what you want because there is a new level of access for this church. Well, since last Sunday, I've been giving that a little bit of thought. And so if you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Genesis 28, because I went to Jacob. And as we knew it in Sunday school, Jacob's ladder. Um, and I want to pick up the story. Jacob, if you remember, he, uh, he had deceived his aged father who was blind, and he, he sort of um, confused his father and went in trying to make out that he was his brother so that he would get the blessing, which he did. And so uh, he, he was a little bit deceitful. Uh, his brother was furious with him, threatened to kill him. And so we get to Genesis 28, verse 10, and it says there that Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. <coughs> when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on earth and its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants on the land, the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you. I'll watch over you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he placed under his head and set it now as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called the place Bethel. The stairway, ladder, depending on the translation you, you look at, and the angels not really explained a great lot in some ways, but really symbolizing that sense of God wanting to commune with us here on earth. What are angels? They're messengers, aren't they? Messengers of God coming up and coming down, going up and coming down. 
And I want us just to think about this morning that whole sense of when heaven touches earth. When heaven touches earth. When heaven touches earth, the Lord is here. Um, Jacob says, verse 16 there, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Sometimes I just wonder whether we are aware that the Lord is in this place. Because we can get into routines, can't we, very, very easily. We can get into our set patterns of doing things. But you know, every time we gather, we should not be surprised if there's a sense that the Lord is in this place. What did Jesus say? He said, you know, in Matthew 18, he said, where two or three gathered together as my followers, or some translations will put it in my name, I am there among them. <laughs> what a privilege we have this morning to be in God's presence. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, he's here. He's here. He's here. And because he's here, when heaven touches earth, salvation is here. Salvation is here. In this uh, passage in Genesis 28, we see really uh, the provision of God. God provides the means necessary for us to be able to have that link with him. There's that connection, there's that stairway, if you will. If you compare that to Genesis 11, where people tried to build their own way to heaven by building what we would now term as the Tower of Babel. Never going to work. It only works when it's God's provision. It's God's grace. And if you compare those two scriptures, you know, you, you, you find that one group is trying to do all within their own power and their own energies to connect with God. Where the other scenario is, if we are open, then he will connect with us. He wants to come and minister to us. And I think Jacob's dream is highly symbolic, representing the mediator, Jesus Christ, who has made the way open for us to connect with the Father, to reconnect in terms of that relationship with God that was severed because of sin. If you read uh, Romans 5, the Apostle Paul says, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access. It's through him that we've gained access, not anything of our own. In the New Testament, there's, a, there's an account where um, uh, Philip says to his friend Nathaniel, he says, you've got to come and meet this guy. It's a guy called Jesus. He's from Nazareth. You've really got to come and meet him because I think he's the guy that the Old Testament scriptures, as we know them, has been talking about. You've got to come and meet him. And Nathaniel says, oh, come on. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Now come and meet him. Come and meet him. And so he comes and Jesus begins a bit of a dialogue with him. He says, Nathaniel, I saw you even when you were sat under a fig tree. I know what you're thinking. And then he turns to the gathered group there and Jesus says this. John chapter 1, verse 51. I tell you the truth. You will, see, you will all see heaven opened. And the angels of God, the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Wow. Wow. Jesus has made a way. Jesus made that opportunity, that connecting point uh, for us. What Jacob dreamt was realized in Jesus Christ. 
the Son of God, the Messiah, God's representative here on earth, brings God to man. When heaven touches earth, the promises are still on. In this dream that Jacob has, God repeats the covenant promises, and we haven't got time to unpack it all, that he declared to Jacob's forefathers, Abraham and Isaac. And um, when you think about that, it's quite something, because when you think about Jacob and all that he'd been up to, you know, uh, he'd been a bit devious, he really caused chaos in the family scene, etc., etc., you know, you might have thought, naturally thinking that, well, if God was going to speak to him in a dream, he may have said something, well, Jacob, I had planned to use you in my purposes um, for blessing all the nations through the seed of Abraham. You know, you're part of that. I had planned to do that, but because you've been a devious crook, I think I'm going to change my plan. Or he could have said, uh, we could have given him a, a really severe rebuke. But God doesn't do that. Instead, he assures Jacob about his future and promises him that he won't leave him until he's done everything that he promised. That gives somebody some hope in this place today. You look back on your life and you say, well, I've messed up on some times. Somebody needs to hear that even the failures of the past cannot knock out the promises of the future. Yeah? Hmm. And you see Jacob, this liar, this cheat, this devious guy who becomes ultimately known as Israel, the patriarch. Gives birth to his sons and we know of the 12 tribes, don't we? And the influence that they still have today through our world. And sometimes from the most unlikely backstory, God wants to accomplish his purposes. And it may be that you've not got a backstory of uh, stuff that you've mucked up and messed up, but it may be you sense your backstory, well, you know, I keep hearing about God's purposes and God's plans over people's lives, but actually, I, I really not got the right pedigree. I'm not really of the right background. I wasn't brought up in church. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Hmm, let me tell you a story. Many years ago, many, many, many years ago, there was a Sunday school teacher. He walked into a shoe shop in Boston, Massachusetts. And behind the counter there was a young guy. He was in his teens, and he was serving there. And the Sunday school teacher just got in conversation with him, started telling him about Jesus. And the young guy in that shoe shop gave his life to Christ. He knew nothing about the Bible. He had no Christian background. The church that he tried to connect with refused to connect with him because he didn't have a Christian background or he didn't understand the scriptures. He knew nothing. Wow. For 18 months, he was refused membership into that church. His name was Dwight, Dwight L. Moody. D.L. Moody was probably the most well-known, renowned, and influential Christian evangelist of the 19th century. He didn't have the pedigree, but God said, he's the one. 
don't write yourself off because I ain't got the pedigree or I've mucked it up in the past. You know, when heaven touches earth, the blessing of the Lord is here. Um, John, uh, in John 1, where that passage I referred to where Jesus is speaking, Nathaniel and a few others were there, and he says, um, he says, you will all see heaven opened. Something about an open heaven that, that in my mind, just there's that sense of God's going to do something. You know, the, the psalmists and some of the Old Testament prophets would pray this stuff. You see it in Psalm 144. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Lord, we need you to do something. Isaiah 64, 1. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Figurative, figurative expression. Denoting, I believe, that something supernatural can take place. Um, I like this. Psalm 78, the psalmist writes this, verse 23. He gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heaven, of the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. How many know that was supernatural? He gave them grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. How many wish you'd got a supply like that? Tesco's stock would just go down, wouldn't it? Yeah, my. When God opens the heavens... I believe it denotes something that there's a blessing of God being released and the miraculous is breaking forth. An outpouring, even of the Holy Spirit. What do we see when Jesus was baptized? He went up out of the water and at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Wow. When God is in the place. Yeah. I wonder if the musicians would come back. Guys, when you come back, just... Start to play something, okay? Uh, don't, don't wait for me to give you a nod. Just go for it. See, when the heaven, heaven touches earth, I believe it denotes that angels are among us. Angels are among us. Now, we're not going to worship angels. But angels of God, those pure, holy beings who live in heaven... They're employed as ministering spirits to our world and to us primarily. What did the writer of Hebrews say? He, he poses the question to us. He says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Any inheritors of salvation here? The angels of the Lord ministering to you. Wow. Who knew? Have you ever sensed have you ever been in a situation where you just say, I just wonder if I got through that because angels were watching over me. I'm not going to my car crash. My goodness. Psalm 91. New Living Translation, verse 9. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Previous passage we read, he, he orders the heavens to be open. And he orders his angels concerning you. My, when God Almighty, the creator of the universe, orders something. Shikarabasikete. Never forget it, Harold. Don't ever forget it. He orders his angels concerning you. 
these are the angels who assisted Jesus. Mark chapter 1. Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Verse 13. By Satan for 40 days. And he was out among the wild animals. And it says, and angels took care of him. You might be going through some tough stuff right now. But I want to tell you there are angels available to assist you. Hmm? The Lord is here. His cohorts are here. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke 22. And he's praying his well-known prayer. And he says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. Anybody need some strength in this place today? And they were present when he rose from the dead. Matthew 28, verse 2, Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it, and his face shone like lightning, and his clothes was white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. And the angel went on to declare, He isn't here. He's risen. What a message. Did you know when heaven touches earth, this is holy ground. As the old song says, we're standing on holy ground. And I know there are angels all around. Why do I tell you these things this morning? Well, A, to encourage you, hopefully, but because possibly even amongst us this morning, you can associate with Jacob who said, actually, surely the Lord has been in this place and I wasn't necessarily aware of it. For somebody here today, salvation is here salvation is in this place you need to give your life to Jesus Christ you need to get in that place where you can be connected with the Father the the past can be forgotten will be forgotten will be kicked into touch that's the grace of God for somebody here today for somebody here you need to hear the promises still on or you need to hear that your pedigree does not disqualify you from the promise miracle can happen for the Spirit of the Lord is in this place maybe there's some reassurance for somebody that there are ministering angels watching and why don't you stand we're going to pray